0: Welcome to House of David Ministries. I'm Pastor Eric Michael Teitelman. Join me as we learn about the rich heritage of our Christian faith. In each episode we explore a unique topic that will deepen your knowledge of Christ and who we are as his people. In this episode we will learn about Zionism or more importantly we will discover what is Zion? What is Zionism? Or maybe a better question to ask, what Zion is? The first thing to know is there is both a natural and a spiritual aspect to God's kingdom. So let's look at the natural first. Mount Zion, called Mount Moriah in the Bible, is a ridge system located in Jerusalem. And situated east of Mount Zion is the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives is where Jesus ascended to heaven and is the place where he is prophesied to return. And in between Mount Moriah, Mount Zion, and the Mount of Olives is a valley called the Kidron Valley that separates these two north-south ridgelines. So looking at Mount Zion, the middle section of the ridgeline is a saddleback, about 741 meters above sea level. This area was called the threshing floor of Aruna. King David purchased it, and eventually it became the site of the First and Second Temples. Just south of the Saddleback, at about 600 meters above sea level, is a place that was called Salem, City of Peace. It was also called Ophel and the City of David. And then moving to the north, the peak of this ridge system, about 777 meters above sea level, is a place called Golgotha. Here it is believed that Abraham offered his son Isaac as a sacrifice. And 2,000 years later, in the very location, our Heavenly Father would give his son Yeshua as an offering for the sins of the world. Mount Zion represents more than just Jerusalem. It inclusively represents the city of the king, the city of David. It is the place of the temple and its priestly services, the threshing floor of Aruna. And it is the location of God's sacrifice itself, Golgotha. In other words, Zion represents the kingdom of God. Now, the modern form of Zionism is the political movement that led to the creation of the current state of Israel. Its general definition means the national campaign for the return of the Jewish people to their homeland and the resumption of Jewish sovereignty in the land of Israel. The term Zionism was coined in 1890 by Nathan Birnbaum, and it was initiated six years later by Theodor Herzl. The movement has done more for the Jewish people than anything else in our modern history. But sadly, it has also splintered us. On one side are those who see the reestablishment of Israel as God's divine intervention, fulfilling the prophecy that God would one day return the captives of his people to the land promised to Abraham. On the other side, many of whom are within the Orthodox communities, are those who view the forced creation of the state of Israel in contradiction to the Talmudic and Midrashic writings that the sages say that the Messiah himself would be the one to gather Israel from the nations. So today, the state of Israel is a secular, parliamentary democracy created by a political system that infused aspects of the ancient Greek democratic political system and socialism, which came out of the French Revolution. The country is recognized primarily as the Jewish homeland, but it is not exclusively Jewish. There are Arabs, Bedouin, Druze, Samaritans, Muslims, Coptics, Armenians, Circassians, Baha'i, Christians, and others that are Israeli citizens. Many of these people equally serve in parliament and the military. And the national anthem of Israel called Hatikva, the hope, while it speaks of the hope in returning to the land of Israel, is surprisingly absent of any mention of God as her king. So Israel today is not the God-centered religious theocracy that God established through Moses, where the priests, the sons of Aaron, would rule in the name of God. Israel's restoration does not presume that God did not divinely allow and orchestrate her rebirth It merely affirms that Israel is not yet under Yeshua's kingship. Hence the Bible's reference to the future restoration of the kingdom. So up to this point, we've been looking at Zion and the natural aspects of God's kingdom. But now let's look at scripture to gain a more complete spiritual understanding of Zion and how it correlates to God's earthly kingdom. Zion is called the place of God's dwelling. We read in Psalm 76, it says, In Salem, also in his tabernacle, and his dwelling place in Zion. And in Psalm 132, we read, For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. Zion is also a city. We read in Psalm 87, Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of God. And in Isaiah chapter 60, it says, And they shall call you the city of the Lord, Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Zion is a people. We read in Psalm 87, And of Zion it will be said, This one and that one were born in her, and the Most High himself shall establish her. In Isaiah 66, it says, For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. And in Micah chapter 4, we read, For pangs have seized you like a woman in labor. Be in pain and labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in birth pangs. Lastly, Zion is much bigger than just Israel. We read in Psalm 87, it says, The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Zion is a city and a people, and there are several glimpses of this great city and its people in the Bible. The first was shown to Abraham. We read in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. The second picture was shown to the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. We read in chapter 21, it says, Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. From these scriptures, we conclude with surety that Zion is the church of God, the kahal, the ecclesia, the great assembly of God's people, comprised of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. It says in Isaiah chapter 28, with emphasis added, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for foundation, Yeshua, who is the chief cornerstone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily and shall be saved. While Israel was promised to be the recipient of every blessing and covenant of God, even to become the heirs of the kingdom, these promises were not exclusively for her. God's ultimate plan was to redeem all of humanity in Christ through the nation of Israel so that the Gentiles would be joined with the Jewish people as one people of God and one new man in Christ. We read in Colossians chapter 1, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So for this reason, Christ and His kingdom were a mystery, things that were hidden from man and now are being revealed. And Paul spoke about this mystery in Ephesians chapter 2. He said, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So while the nations are grafted in amongst the Jewish people, Israel remains the foundation and center of God's kingdom. But the kingdom is now bigger than just Israel, which in the Bible is referred to as the Gates of Jacob. Zion is the kingdom of God, and the kingdom includes Israel and the nations of the earth that have been grafted into her to become one people of God. Zion is a place that God dwells both within our hearts and in the future city of Jerusalem and universal ecclesia of God's people. Zion is the seat of God's priestly and kingly authority that will forever be established in Jerusalem. It encompasses the whole of Mount Zion, from the city of David, the city of the great king, all the way up to the Temple Mount itself, where the Millennial Temple will be constructed. And Zion is the place of God's ultimate sacrifice, Golgotha, where God's people will forever remember what Christ did for us on the cross. Zion is the entirety of God's kingdom. Yet again, Zion is not exclusively Israel. It is much greater. And while the promise of Zion was reserved for the Jewish people, this promise has now been extended to all the nations. And for this reason, it is paramount that the church understands her relationship with Israel. So we don't preach half the gospel, meaning that Christ was only crucified for our sin and resurrected to eternal life. No, we teach the full doctrine of the gospel, which is Christ resurrected into a physical body to return to a material earth for establishing his kingdom in Jerusalem from Mount Zion forever. And at that future moment in time, the spiritual realm of God will invade this temporal earth so the two shall become one, just as it was in the Garden of Eden, but it will be even greater. The intimacy of God will be restored with mankind. As we read in Jeremiah chapter 31, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. And all of humanity will walk with God just as Adam walked with him in the Garden of Eden. This garden will invade the whole earth, and the entire planet will become a Garden of Eden. God's theocracy and his king, Yeshua, will rule all the nations. A picture of this future kingdom was given to King Solomon. Similarly, at that time, the earth was temporarily filled with the knowledge, wisdom, prosperity, provision, and the goodness of the Lord. In Zion, God's people, his children will be like the angels in heaven who reflect God's glory. It says in 1 John chapter 3, Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Yeshua's perfect nature will be perfectly manifest within and through us. We were given a glimmer of this promise on the day of Pentecost and the deposit of the Holy Spirit. The early church walked in the power of God's Spirit with signs and wonders. And we will do the same as Yeshua promised in John chapter 14. He said, Most assuredly, I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And one day soon Yeshua will be returning in the clouds with great power and glory, and we as church will be joined with him forever. In Psalm 102 it says, For the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. And until that time we are to work sharing the good news of the kingdom and inviting all who are willing to dine at the table of the great king. So let us join hands together, Jew and Gentile, as one new man, building the church and the kingdom of God, because what we store up in heaven will now become our eternal inheritance. As we read in Daniel chapter 7, the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Amen. If you have enjoyed this teaching from House of David Ministries, make sure you subscribe to our channel and don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. We pray the Lord richly bless you and we look forward to having you join us again for our next episode.